one verse tonight, which I know is shocking to you, but if you have your Bibles, you can open them to Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. One more time. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Isaiah is, is using a Hebrew word there that many of you are familiar with. Uh, the, the Hebrew word that he uses for peace is shalom. Shalom is defined as completeness, soundness, welfare, peace, which is what we translate it as, but it's so much more. It means safety. It means soundness. It, it means welfare. It means health. It means prosperity. It means quiet. It means tranquility. It means contentment, friendship. The, the word shalom encompasses all of those, uh, the, those words. And when we think of peace, we think of it as the absence of problems. But that is not the biblical definition of, of shalom, of peace. The, Jesus himself says, in this world, you will have trouble. You're, you're going to have it. Uh, but he says he's overcome the world. He's given us victory in the midst of trouble. So the biblical definition of peace has nothing to do with absence of problems or absence of trouble. It's overall well-being and goodness even in the midst of trials and problems. Overall well-being and goodness even in the midst of problems. The word in Hebrew, I have it on a slide here. Thank you, Don, or Lynn, whoever's back there. Um, uh, can I just say, Lynn and Don and Dave Nelson, faithful, faithful, faithful givers who never, you might not even see them, but they're there faithfully every week, and I'm so grateful for them. But this is the Hebrew word, what it looks like for shalom. Um, but you need to know uh, that in ancient Hebrew, uh, words were not just letters and sounds. They, they were also symbols. And so the second slide is going to show you uh, what, what the Hebrew words, see there's the modern Hebrew, the, the, the second one down is the Paleo-Hebrew. And what I want you to see is the, the, the symbol or the pictograph they're called in Hebrew. Now, before I even begin... <laughs> I need to tell you that there's some, uh, what's the word, Dave, uh, not discrepancy. There's some debate on uh, pictographs, Hebrew pictographs. There are some people that say, for example, somebody who I respect quite, quite a bit, his name is Dr. Michael Brown, I, I really respect him. And he says that Hebrew pictographs are divination, when you start looking at Hebrew pictures, that it really isn't uh, a good thing to do. I would not go that far, because I have seen several Hebrew words that are used in a pictograph that are, are, are incredible. This is one of them. And so I'm giving you the disclaimer, so do not send me a letter and say, Rhea, pictographs are that I know. But this is profound, and I want you to see it. So the, so we're looking at the pictograph, which is the bottom line. Now, Hebrew words are read from the right to the left, not left to right like we read in English. 
And, and so when you see the word shalom, you would start on the left here. And that is the shin, or the sheen, some people say. So it's that that looked like a W down at the bottom there. It, it looks like actually two teeth. Do you see it? Do you see which one I'm, I'm looking at? And the pictograph for it means to crush, to destroy, to devour or consume. So do you see how the two teeth, it looks like two teeth. In the Paleo-Hebrew, you can see the teeth there again. And again, at the very top in modern-day Hebrew. Do you see it? And so the picture has not changed that much. Now the next one over, reading from left to right, is, um, is the lamid, I think it is called. And it is the thing that looks like a shepherd's crook or a fish hook. And it means authority. And again, you can see the Paleo-Hebrew, and you can see the modern-day Hebrew at the top. Still look like a shepherd's crook. The pictograph uh, means authority. It means to control. It's a cattle goad. So it's something that causes something to move. Are you with me? But overall, it's a picture of authority. The next letter is Vav. It's that, it's that Y-shaped thing down at the bottom. And it is actually meant to be a tent peg or a hook. So if you picture a tent, the four corner, the two corners of the, the, the tent, do you see that, the top part, the V? And then that long line coming down is the tent peg. So you can see it, how it, it, it changed over a period of time. But ultimately, it's to be a tent peg. And tent peg or a hook or a nail is a joining together. It's a, bi a binding. It's making it secure. It means to bind to. Or, or tent peg secures something. Are you with me? And then the very next letter, the last letter, is that thing that looks like a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, a, it actually is a wave. Um, and, and it looks like a picture of waves, and it means chaos, like the ocean. It means mighty or raging. It's symbolic of chaos or confusion. It's a picture uh, of destruction or destroy. So now, when these Hebrew pictures or, or letters are put together, Shalom has the word picture of destroying the, the, destroying the uh, authority that binds or holds chaos together. Do you see it? So, if, I mean, I respect Michael Brown. I respect him so much. But, but let's just say that he says this doesn't really have, doesn't stand. So, turn over to 1 John 3.8. It says the reason that Jesus came, some of you have this memorized, was to do what? To destroy the works of the devil, to destroy the authority of the one bringing chaos in our life. Do you see it? In Romans 16, 20, he says the God of all peace, shalom, the God of all peace will crush Satan under your feet. That tells me the one in all authority will destroy the authority that's connected to chaos and confusion in your life. And he will bring you peace. He will do it by bringing you peace. That, that means he doesn't have to change your circumstances. He can, he can destroy the authority your circumstances have to bring you chaos and confusion. Do you see it? Oh, do you just love 
do love it. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, and so uh, the spiritual revelate, this is the spiritual revelation of peace. Nothing neutralizes chaos more than peace. Nothing destroys confusion more than the shalom of God. I've had something happen in my life just this week that, that has brought chaos. And I said, no, 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 you don't get to do that in my life. And in the natural, nothing has changed. But in the supernatural, I have the peace of God that transcends all understanding. It's ridiculous peace because in the natural, I should have no reason uh, to have peace. But I do. Do you see, the authority of God came and destroyed the authority of the one who was bringing chaos and confusion into my life. It is the disruptive power of God's peace. Can I tell you, there is, disrupt, there is disruptive power in God's peace. That's profound to me. It, it is just profound. He says, I will keep at perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on me. I will keep at perfect shalom. I will destroy the authority connected to chaos and confusion. I'll bring peace to do that. He is the prince of what? Peace. He rules. He reigns with peace. That's, that's what he reigns in. And he'll destroy the authority of the one connected with chaos and confusion in your life. So Isaiah 26 gives us directions for finding the perfect peace that keeps our, our, uh, us in well-being and allows us to prosper even in the midst of life storms that are crashing down all around us. Do you see that? That is possible to have that. And, and Isaiah 26.3 gives us the secret. And the secret to finding this kind of peace, the shalom of God, is keeping our mind fixed on God. God will keep you in perfect peace when you keep your mind on him. Uh, but, but let's look at this a little more closely because I am telling you I had to live this out this week. Because the second my mind gets off of him and onto my circumstances, I lose my peace. Do you see that? The second I start keeping my mind on something else other than him, my peace, I get robbed. I get bound back to that chaos and that confusion. And, and so the trick is keeping my mind fixed. I will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on me. That means he's looking for cooperation. It's a promise, and he's a promise-keeping God who knows that. And that we can stand on his word, and he will be faithful to fulfill it in our life. But so many of his promises are conditional. They're dependent on us doing something. And here is the, the condition. I will keep in perfect peace. Who? Him whose mind is stayed on me. My job is to stay my mind, to keep my mind fixed on him. His job is to bring the peace. Can I tell you, this week I realized that. I realized that I couldn't, I couldn't wish for peace. I, I couldn't work it up. I couldn't, I couldn't override the chaos and the confusion in my own strength. It had to be a source bigger than me. I needed someone to destroy the authority connected to chaos and confusion in my life. Do you see it? So let's look at that a little more closely. I will keep in perfect peace. That word keep, listen to this, means to guard, to watch to preserve, to guard from dangers. 
to keep close, to be blockaded. I love that one, to be a watchman. It's the idea of a watchman, someone standing guard. He says, I will keep, I, I, I will guard, I will watch over your mind and guard it so that you have peace and well-being in spite of any issue going on in your life as long as you keep your mind stayed on me. Michael Durnham writes this, it is God who stands at attention before the mind to watch over it to make sure that inter internally there's wholeness and unity, not division and clamor or noise that often creates a divided heart. Can I tell you that with all we have coming at us in life, we can do nothing to keep ourselves in perfect peace. That's God's job, the Prince of Peace's job. Our job is to keep our mind fixed on him. He will keep it perfect peace. That, that word perfect peace is interesting. Uh, we've, our translators, our Bible translators have translated it perfect peace. But in the original language, it is shalom, shalom. The, the word shalom is, is not two different words for perfect peace. It's shalom, shalom, peace, peace. And, and any time the Bible repeats something, it communicates intensity. And so it means peace upon peace. It, it means a complete peace, an undisturbed peace. It's doubled to denote the certainty of it. I love it. I will absolutely give you peace upon peace, a complete peace, if you just fix your mind on me. Gill says the word perfect is used in opposition to a false and imaginary peace. But notice that again, the condition, I will keep it perfect peace, shalom, shalom, him whose mind is stayed on me. It, it, it's a promise, but a conditional promise. The promise is only for those who keep their, uh, their minds fixed. How many of you here tonight, when you get a problem or chaos comes in some form in your life or, or you have confusion that you're dealing with, how many of you immediately fix your mind on God? Or how many of you fix your mind on a medical test result or uh, a marital issue or what somebody said to you or your own hurt or your own anxiety or your own whatever. Is that where you fix your mind? Is that what you think on? Is that where your, where your focus is? Or do you immediately fix your mind on him? Usually our first response is not to fix our mind on him. Um, yesterday I told you I was, I've had a week of, of a problem in my life. That's pretty, pretty big. And, and that's where my mind wants to go all the time. Poor Dave, poor Leslie. That's all they've heard. Because that's where I have my mind fixed at the moment. And I don't have peace when my mind is fixed there. And so I'm having to work overtime to fix my mind on things above. Yesterday in church... Uh, Dave was preaching. <laughs> he was probably, I probably distracted the daylights out of him sitting in the front row because I had a pen and I was writing on my hand. And at one point, Leslie leaned over and said to me, what are you doing? I'm working on memorizing a scripture, and here's the scripture. Let's see if I have it memorized. <laughs> I will both rest. I will both, oh, Lord. I don't have it memorized, obviously. I'm working on it. 
and it's not on my hand at the moment, but let me, let me find it. See, Leslie, this is why I write it on my hand. Um, I will both lie down in peace and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I will both... <laughs> See? I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O oh Lord, make me dwell in safety. I, 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 I had to get up in the middle of the night and look at my hand and say, I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O oh Lord, make me dwell in safety. It's not, here's what doesn't make me dwell in safety, Dave. Dave doesn't make me dwell in safety. He thinks he does. Leslie doesn't make me dwell in safety. She tries sometimes. Just try to say something negative about me to Leslie. She makes sure I dwell in peace. She tries to do that. Uh, you know, a doctor doesn't make me dwell in peace. A health report doesn't make me dwell in, my, in peace. My in safety, my children being who I want them to be and behaving the way I want them to behave, that doesn't have anything to do with me dwelling and being safe. Here is the only thing that makes me dwell. I, I said to Dave, do you understand that the fact that you have a breath coming out of your mouth right now is grace? And that when God is done with me, I won't have a breath anymore. He'll stop gracing me with the ability to breathe. When he decides he is finished with this girl, I will take my last breath because he will no longer grace me to be here. Because it is he alone who makes me dwell in safety. And the day he says it's time for you to go home, our friend Tina, Pastor Tina, here at this church, passed away. Not very old. But he, the grace to breathe her last breath here on earth and grace to breathe her next one in eternity happened to her. None of us are guaranteed that next breath. I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O oh Lord, make me dwell in safety. I am secure and safe in him. But it's a full-time job sometimes to keep your mind focused on him, fixed on him. God has the ability and the power to keep us in this place of peace. But we have to keep our minds stayed on him. That word stayed means to lean upon, to rest upon, to support, to uphold, to sustain. It means to support or brace oneself. <laughs> it means to lean upon or take hold. I, I, I was watching somebody this week on crutches. Where were we? In the airport, I think. And it was a gentleman who had, um, his leg was cut off and he only had one leg. And he was in front of us and he was using uh, crutches. And I said to Dave, oh golly, I admire that. I said, if that was me, I would be getting in a wheelchair and saying, push me around. And yet he was leaning on these crutches with one leg going through the airport. And it was a busy airport. It was not like from one gate to another. It was like massive airport. And, and he wasn't in a wheelchair. He was leaning on crutches, putting his whole weight. You could see as he was, he was walking and uh, he was on the crutches in front of us. So we could see, and he was a muscular man. And you could see every bit of strength it took to, to lean on those crutches. He had his whole weight leaning on those crutches. And the crutches were actually doing the work. And, and I, I was studying this at that time. Him whose mind is leaned. 
that the whole weight that you're carrying, you are putting on God. Lord, I can't, I cast my cares on you. I can't even tell you how many times this week I'm casting this on you. I can't carry this one anymore. This is too big for me. I'm casting it. It's yours. You need to be my burden bearer. You need to take this thing off of me. I'm leaning my whole weight the whole weight of my being, the whole weight of my burden on him. Uh, I will keep at perfect peace him whose mind, the whole weight of my mind, of my thinking, is stayed on him. It is stayed on him. I lose my peace when I take my mind off of him and onto the distraction and the chaos around him. That's what I need, the shalom, shalom. But I have to be purposeful about keeping my mind stayed on him. Some of you are sitting there saying, well, Rhea, you don't know my circumstances. That's impossible to keep my mind stayed on him. My mind's consumed with worry, with thoughts that steal my peace. But I'm telling you, we have a choice. He says, I've set before you life and death. This is his word. It's his promise. And he is giving us the secret to peace. I will keep at perfect peace. It's a promise. Him whose mind is stayed, is leaning the whole weight of their mind on him. But we have to choose it. This week I, I, I said, he, he, look at what it says here. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you. Why? Because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for Yah is the Lord and he is everlasting strength. <laughs> Trust in the Lord. I'm going to keep your mind at perfect peace because it stayed on me, because you trusted me. You are going to direct your mind to me because you trust in him. If you don't trust in him, you will not direct your mind to him. I had seven children. I still have seven children. <laughs> but when they were little, I did not trust anybody. Am I exaggerating, David Leslie? I didn't trust anybody to, to watch them. I, if I had you babysit my children, I had to really know you. Because I, they were my treasured possessions. And I was not going to just trust anybody with my children. I had to know you. If you are here tonight and you don't trust in, in Jesus, it's because you don't know him. Because you don't trust somebody you don't know. You came in here tonight and you plunked down on this chair. You didn't turn it over and say, wow, I wonder if these bolts are going to hold me. I wonder if they're tight enough to hold me. Oh, I don't think I should sit in that chair. I, I don't trust it. You have more faith in that chair that you just sat on tonight than you do the God who cannot lie, the God of the impossible, the, the God in whom there is nothing impossible. You have more faith in that chair than you do in, in the God who's a promise keeper. I will keep it perfect peace. Him is mine to stay on me because... Because he trusts me. He chooses to keep his mind stayed on me because he trusts me. He doesn't trust a doctor's report. He doesn't trust a neighbor's gossip. He, he doesn't trust what Susie down the street said about him. He trusts in God, and so that's where his mind is stayed. Not on what people are saying, not on what people are doing. He's staying his mind on God because God has proven he's trustworthy. He's trustworthy. He's looking for cooperation from us. We have a part in this. 
when I take hold of him in prayer, when I lean upon his powerful presence, when I seek to find rest in him and look to him alone for support to uphold me, I find that he sustains me and he grants me peace, not just peace, but peace that passes all understanding. Radical, ridiculous peace. And it guards my heart and my mind. He says, this is his word, fast forward into the New Testament now, a similar word that is translated in the Septuagint as shalom, but in the New Testament it's like irony, something like that. But it's the same word. And he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, Submit your request to God, and with thanksgiving, submit your request to God, and he will guard your heart and your mind with peace that passes all understanding, with radical, ridiculous peace. It's interesting, that word guard is the same word. It means he'll put a sentry, he'll, he'll put uh, soldiers of peace, peace soldiers, all around your heart and your mind. That's crazy, isn't it? Thank you, Lord, that I don't have to be anxious about this thing that's rocked me all week. I thank you that I'm just going to give this to you through prayer, petition. I'm going to thank you that you already have taken care of it and that you are going to take that thing from me. And in turn, you're going to guard, garrison my heart and my mind with peace that passes all understanding. That's a promise. we got to get these in us. That's a promise from a promise-keeping God. I don't care what report you have. I don't care what's happening in your life. I care, but, but I'm telling you, that is not the exception that his peace won't reach. We are living in a world that's full of, uh, of depression and despair, suicidal thoughts, all kinds of mental illness and hopelessness. And we have a God who stands ready, watching, waiting to keep you at perfect peace if you just stay your mind on him. It's a promise. It's a promise. And he is a promise-keeping God. He's not just a God. Can, who, who, who will not lie. He cannot lie. It's impossible, Scripture says, for God to lie. we got to get that deep within our spirits. We've got to understand that this word right here is yea and amen to those who believe. Again, conditional. It's yea and amen, but you've got to believe. Every word of it is true. Every promise he will keep. You just have to choose to believe it. Him whose mind is stayed on me. Because he trusts in you. That word trust, it doesn't just mean to trust. It means to have confidence. To be confident. To make secure. To feel safe. To be careless. To fear nothing for oneself. I'm telling you this week, what I'm dealing with, I could take on a little fear. I could actually take on a lot of fear. And I can't tell you how many times I've said to the Lord, I'm going to be careless about this. I'm going to care less about this. This is yours. You have to take it. it you, I am secure in you. I am confident in you. Not in what's happening. And I'm going to fear nothing for myself. You see, when we give attention in our minds, 
it's, it's to what we trust in, to what we have confidence in. So if you have a medical report that's bringing fear in your life, it's because you trust in that report more than you trust in Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer, the great physician, the Bama Gilead, the one whom there's nothing impossible. If you have more faith in divorce court and that your husband has left you for another woman instead of the God who promises that what he has brought together no man should ever put asunder, then you're going to take on that kind of worry and fix your mind on that. If you have your mind focused and trust in the fact that there's hostility in your family and division and discord, instead of putting your focus in the God who says he came to tear down the dividing wall of hostility, then that's where you're going to let an authority come in and destroy and bring chaos and confusion. But God came to take care of that thing that's trying to bring chaos and confusion in your life. The NLT is interesting in this, this verse. It says, you will keep at perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. As a man thinks in his heart, in his mind, so is he. Where the mind goes, scripture says, the man will follow. This ends by saying, Trust in the Lord forever, for Yah, the Lord, is everlasting strength. Do you understand? He is our strength. In closing, I, I just want you to flip over to Philippians 4, General Electric Power Company. Philippians um, comes after uh, Ephesians. Philippians 4, uh, it's a scripture that you're all familiar with, but I just want you to make the connection here. Um, it's what I just quoted to you, but I, I want you to just see the rest of it. And be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And what? And the God of peace, shalom, will be with you. So what's our job? I just read it to you. What is it? To think on these things. So I, I told you when I preached on this passage that for the longest time, I, I, have, I had things spoken over me as a little girl growing up that got wedged deep in my mind, that got down deep in my spirit. Things people said about me, things people said to me that I started to believe as truth. And those things had a lot of power in my mind. And, and, and then the Lord showed me this scripture and, and he showed me, Rhea, I want you to put this. I wrote for the longest time with it on my hand in the car. And it was a checklist. And I, I, I went right down through it. it that 
true, noble, pure, just, lovely, good report, praiseworthy. And, and, and so when I would start thinking a thought that would take me down a path I didn't want to go, I could have that list in front of me and I would stop and say, wait a second. Is this pure? Is this true? Is it praiseworthy? Is it a good report? If it's not, it has no business in my mind because it robs me of peace when I'm thinking on those things. Let me flesh it out for you. Let's say uh, when you were little, um, you were told that you would never amount to anything or no. Let's not even say little. Let's say as a, a grown woman or a grown man. As, as a grown woman, you were told you're ugly, you're fat, you're whatever, worthless. As a grown man, you're told you're not successful, you're a loser, you'll never amount to anything. And, and that's what you think on. And what happens when you start thinking those things? You lose your peace, right? And so whatsoever things are pure, lovely, are any of that, is any of, are any of those, uh, those examples I just gave you lovely, praiseworthy? <laughs> Uh-uh, no. Of good report, absolutely not. So they have no business in your mind. Don't think on those things. Take that thought captive to the obedience of Christ, throw it down, lead it away from your mind as a prisoner of war, and, and get rid of it and replace it with what's lovely and pure and praiseworthy. Fix your mind. I will keep at perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on me. Think on things that are lovely, pure, praiseworthy, of good report, and the God of peace will be with you. Do you see it? We have a part in this. One last story. Don't quote me because it's just coming through my mind, but I think it's Mark 4. I walk in commentary in the front row. I need you to confirm that, but I think it's Mark 4. Um, and it's Jesus and the disciples, he says, get in the boat and go over. We're going over to the other side. And you know the story. They get in the boat, and Jesus falls asleep on the pillow because he's got perfect peace. But the disciples, all of a sudden, a storm comes up out of nowhere. And these are fishermen. They know storms, and they're terrified. And if they're terrified in this storm, that tells me it was a bad one. And they actually think they're going to die. And they go and they wake up Jesus in a panic. And they say, teacher, don't you care if we're going to drive? Don't you even care if we die? We are asleep on the, the, the cushion. And, and what is wrong with you? And, and he gets up and he rebukes the wind and the waves. And what does he say? Anybody? Peace be still. He came in and he destroyed the authority connected with chaos and confusion. He spoke a word, and it stopped. Now, I just, the story bothers me so much because those little disciples got in the boat, and he says, let us cross over to the other side. The last word they heard Jesus speak was, we're going over. We're going to get to the other side. I want them, in the middle of that storm, In the middle of that storm, I want them to say, I don't care. These waves can get as high as they want to get. But we're going to the other side. This week, my waves got high. They got really high and really scary. 
But in the middle of that storm, I was able to say, I have a word from Jesus. I have a word from him. And I am not taking on chaos and confusion because I have a word from the one who is a promise keeper. And I will not be moved in this storm. I don't even need to go wake him up because he has promised that I'll have that same perfect peace when I, I will both lie down and sleep in peace because it is you, O Lord, who keeps me safe. We gotta get this. We gotta get this in our spirit. We got to start believing God, not believing reports. So I don't know what's robbing your peace tonight. Maybe not anything. Take good notes, baby, because nothing a week ago robbed my peace. <laughs> this thing, bam, out of nowhere. I have a really good friend who I've been praying for every single morning. He got a bad report. <laughs> But I'm fixing my eyes on the report of the Lord for him. And I am not moving. I am not moving. And I keep saying to him, the waves may be hitting. You might be moving. But I got you. Because I believe the report of the Lord. I believe the report of the Lord. And I will not be moved. I said that to him last week. This week, I got a report, and not a good one. And I could hear the enemy chuckling, but I'm not going to be moving. I'm not going to be moving. You get a choice in life, whether you believe God or you believe something in the natural. It's your choice. So what storm is rocking your boat? Let me encourage you to get your eyes off of the storm and onto the one who promises that he will give you perfect peace. The shalom, the shalom, shalom of God. He will come and destroy the authority that's bringing chaos and confusion. Megan, if you could just come and close out for us, that would be so, Father, I just thank you and I praise you that you are the God of the impossible. And there is nothing you cannot do. There is nothing you cannot do. And so I speak to every storm in this house tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. And I speak, peace, be still. Peace to depression and despair. I speak peace to hopelessness. I speak peace to, to, to shame and disgrace. I speak peace to marital problems. I speak peace to, to, to anything that is coming to bring chaos and confusion. And I thank you, Lord, that you came to destroy the works of the devil. That's why you came. And so every plot, every scheme, every assignment and appointment of the enemy in this house tonight, I come against in the strong name of Jesus. And I speak peace to it in Jesus' name. I dismantle those plots and schemes in the mighty name of Jesus. And I declare that that weapon may have been formed, but it will not prosper in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The name that's above every name.
the name that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess someday. I exalt that name in this place. Over sickness, over disease, over addiction, over bondages, over hopelessness. I exalt the name of Jesus. And we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord, mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, our Deliverer, our soon and coming King, the one who sticks closer than a brother. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer. Jehovah Jireh, the one who will provide. The good, good shepherd and the good, good father. Jesus, we give you praise and honor and glory. Be exalted here tonight, my King, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.